0: The only love. Love, is the love. love is the only law. Love. Love. Yeah. love is the law. Love. love is the only law. Love is the law. Love is the only law. I'm a. Like, you should. You should do without. wilt. you should. I'm through the mail. Fishing for a fee. To feed my female. ASAP. Nature is a mother life is a bitch, I am convinced.
1: That was The Law by Absoul featuring Matt Miller on Rap City. Welcome back to another episode of I've been thinking about it. My name is Christian Yearwood. I also want to say rest in peace, Matt Miller. Um But Today I want to talk about the coronavirus, Um, I also want to talk about basically using the coronavirus as a sign, um, not just for what is to come in the future but um, as a sign that we need to change the way that we uh, basically treat nature and basically our relationship with nature needs to change um that's what i'm going to be talking about today and basically i'm going to be relating that discussion to capitalism because um part of what is so fundamentally flawed with capitalism is its relationship um with nature and how it defines um property and and land etc right but we're gonna get into that a little bit later um but i want to begin the podcast by by stating that you know i'm not a medical professional right i'm not a scientist i'm not a health official right um you should not take I say it as expert information but i simply try to interpret the facts and, and separate misinformation um, as best as possible so that i could basically form my opinion on what I observe, right? So that's what this podcast is founded on, right? I am no expert, you know, in any field at all, right? Um I'm simply just a regular citizen that's observing the world around him, you know, and just giving honest opinions, right? On what I see, right? Um, so you shouldn't really take the information in this podcast as the end all be all of your knowledge or a discussion on a certain topic, right? But, I won't begin the podcast by first wishing that everybody is safe, you know. Um, I hope that everybody is in a good peace of mind, you know. I hope you're not panicking, you know. We understand that this virus is infectious um, and is deadly in some cases and you're fearful for your family members, you're fearful for yourself you don't know what can happen in the future you know there's a lot of anxieties you know people are struggling with depression you know there's people that you know they have other mental illnesses you know and it's hard to cope with the the already stressful life that you have you know if you suffer from certain types of mental illnesses and then also have to deal with this pandemic you know and be worrying about your health and and your your family's health and close one's health right so it's especially not the time you know to be racist and bigoted or xenophobic you know we need to be helping each other and uplifting each other at this time you know because it affects all of us you know we are global citizens we live on this planet together as a one human race you know so all this nonsense about the Chinese and and you know look at them they're nasty and all this like I, I I really can't tolerate any of that nonsense, right? And we really should not be tolerating that nonsense, right? If you don't have anything constructive to add to the discussion or anything that is gonna help us, you should not be contributing those ignorant views and you know basically bigoted views, right? Um. Obviously, obviously, this morning um, news broke in Barbados that there were some Trinidadians who were rejected from going into Trinidad because they were in a um, on a cruise ship um, in Barbados. So the Trinidadian government basically closed its borders, and they said that even Trinidadian citizens are, will not be allowed to come in. So I want to give credit to Prime Minister Motley for offering them. I want I don't want to say a place to stay, but they're um, they have been sent to a quarantine facility um, in Barbados. So, that that's the type of humanitarian um, action and type of um, uplifting and helping out of our neighbors that we need to be exercising in this time. You know, it's not time to be selfish and racist and bigoted and xenophobic and ignorant, right? Um, although we have a lot of that in the world, of course, right? But. We know that the, the, the outbreak of the virus started in China, right? This is world news. Is not you, you can go anywhere and fig- figure this and find this out, right? So we know that the outbreak started in China, right? Now, the news that the virus was broken um, via a whistleblower doctor, right? So this is very important because this doctor. His name is Dr. Li Wen Liang, right? And he was working in Wuhan, basically treating patients uh, for the coronavirus. So the doctor, um, he first posted about the virus on December 30th, right? And he posted about the virus in a chat room for his medical school alumni, right? So he basically was warning them um, about a uh, uh, infectious, um, disease, uh, influenza, um, that resembled a virus called SARS, right? I know SARS is severe acute respiratory syndrome, right? So the virus, this doctor was warning, um, it, it resembles SARS, right? So he was warning his colleagues, uh, basically about it, right? Now, people in China at this time were already quarantined, you know, and there were people in emergency healthcare facilities, and um, people were being treated for the virus. People had passed away for the virus, right? But of course, the Chinese government was silent at the time, and they were also actively trying to suppress this information. And in fact, we have evidence of that because this doctor, Doctor Lee, when um I don't want to mess his name. I'm very sorry. Um, but this Chinese doctor, he was arrested um two nights after he made this post in his medical school um, alumni chat, chat room, right? He was arrested in middle of the night by the Chinese authorities, right? And the Chinese authorities, they made him sign a statement saying that what he posted in the, the chat room or the forum, it was false. And they also made him say that he, they also made him promise, sorry, that he would not commit any more of these crimes, quote unquote crimes, in the future, right? And he would be allowed back to work right so there's massive problems with this right first he should be able to speak about the virus because it's something that not only the chinese public need, need to know about but the entire globe needed to know about so that we could have better prepared for this situation right so that is where you should be criticizing the chinese you shouldn't be saying oh you know look at them they're so nasty and on all this nonsense that doesn't actually help solve or address any of the problems right the problem is that we have authoritarian governments um like the chinese government that will will stop at nothing you know to suppress information that they deem you know too sensitive or 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 whatever the case may be to be released right so we should be crediting um this doctor for being brave enough to be a whistleblower right and a truth teller right Um, His name is Dr. Li Wenliang, right? So, what is sad about this story, right, is the doctor eventually passed away. Um, He was diagnosed with the coronavirus two weeks after. uh, He was allowed back to work, and he has since passed away, right? Um, The people in China basically knighted him as a hero and you know they're they're very grateful for basically the sacrifices that he made to be able to get the truth out to the public and get the truth out to the world right um so you know i think that this highlights the need for and, and you know the importance for for whistleblowers and truth tellers within our democracies right um Without whistleblowers without people telling the truth without people willing to sacrifice maybe a job or you know uh whatever the case may be is to do the right thing um that's the only way that we will maintain healthy democracies right um so freedom of information and freedom of speech should not be oppressed at any point in time you know and and especially not in the in the current situation that we describe in Wuhan China, right, so the Chinese government has been highly criticized for this action against Dr. Li wing Liang, but it's very typical um of the very authoritarian leadership um of the Chinese government, right there's not anything new you know they've they've they have a history of you know silencing you know political enemies and silencing activists you know and basically censorship you know i don't if i don't know if you know but um in china they basically can't use youtube right and the chinese government you know they could basically read your text messages they could read um you know anything that you post online which is how the doctor um was found out you know and was arrested as such right um so but you know as we discussed in a in a past episode you know the Chinese are very much capitalist, right, No. the thing about capitalism is, right, is that capitalism needs very structured government and, and very sort of like big government and, you know, the government has to have a hand in basically every single facet of our lives for capitalism to survive, right, um, that's because capitalism is a very rigid system right um but not to go into in depth about that right now right but i also want to i just brought up because the western media they'll paint the chinese as you know communist and authoritarian etc right you know but the chinese and the american you know and the british and and those in the west you know they share a lot of similarities you know they they both have large factories you know casinos skyscrapers mega malls you know pretty much everything you know they is the same you know they have the same economic model um excuse me so china is is very much capitalist right they they're not communist right um but without going into too much detail into you know china's internal politics I just want to make an observation, you know, on the origin of the coronavirus, right? Now, scientists and experts um, are suggesting that this version of the coronavirus, COVID-19, it may have came from a wild animal species, right? Um, So they said that one of the species that it possibly could have came from was a pangolin right now a pangolin is the world's most trafficked animal um it looked like a little armadillo thing cute little animal right Uh, but these animals scientists have found other versions of the coronavirus in this um, pangolin right so they're saying that it could have been um exchanged via either when trafficking the animal or when a human consumed the animal, right? Now, they've also said the same about uh, um, bats. Sorry, um, bats carry these types of viruses as well. Um, so in China, they're what you call, you know, the wet markets, right? Um, I, I'm sure some people have heard of them, you know, so you can buy any sort of wild animal, you know, as a pet, you know, or as food, basically, right? And, you know, in my opinion, these markets are, they're horrific, right? And, you know, they represent a very dark and destructive relationship um, as humans have developed with nature, right? Markets like these, you know, are what help fuel the illegal animal trade, right? But what I want to focus on is the relationship um, us as humans have developed with nature, Right, So, we have a demand, well, we have created a demand, you know, for wild animal species as food and as pets. You know, this is capitalism, again, right? Everything comes back to capitalism. Christian, why well, you hate capitalism so much, you know? Um, but, you know, this current pandemic, you know, it should be a very serious sign to us that we, sh- we need to change our relationship with nature, you know, or it will hit back at us in, you know, devastating ways, right? So I want to play a clip from a 60 Minutes um, Australia piece. You know, it was recently released, um, and I think it's very informative. And the sources in it are very credible. You can find it on YouTube by searching wet markets where the coronavirus started. If you search that wet markets where the coronavirus started, 60 Minutes Australia, you can watch it. I think it's about thirty minutes long. Um, it's very enjoyable, to be honest. So let me just get this clip ready. Here we go.
0: My bad. Steven Stephen Galston, an environmental and human rights investigator based in Thailand. but this, we've got the. The lenses in the backpack, right. We're getting ready for an undercover operation using secret cameras. So this should work quite well for us. This just all tucks away in here. Our target, an illegal wildlife market in Bangkok. <coughs> Places like this and so-called wet markets where wild animals are sold for food are where coronavirus first jumped from animals to humans. So in viral terms, these things are really living petri dishes, aren't they? Yeah, there's sleeping time bombs across the region right now. Stopping the zoonotic jump at source is, of course, critical. In Hong Kong, Professor Gabriel Liang is at the center of the scientific fight against coronavirus. We are progressively building... A fight that began at a wildlife market in Wuhan, China. Does the virus transmit into humans through people eating these animals or just handling them? Probably the highest risk during the handling process where you have animals under stress, therefore their immune system is down and then through the handling process, including slaughter, that's when the highest risk of jumping from animal to humans would have occurred. Experts aren't certain, but the suspicion is that in Wuhan, Coronavirus crossed to humans from the most trafficked wild animal in the world, the pangolin. Pangolins have been high on the menu for a while. Whatever it was, it was an animal. It jumped from an animal to a person. It's a wild animal that's been taken out of its natural environment, consumed in some way, come into contact with people in an unnatural way. That's the lesson here.
1: Hmm. So, as we can see, you know... Is clearly our relationship with nature um, that needs to be changed in order to stop diseases from spreading in this very exact way, right? This very specific way, right? We continue, we cannot continue, sorry, you know, to treat our environment in this way. Scientists warn of diseases that will be released from, you know, ice melting due to climate change, you know. Obviously, if we're going to continue to be eating wild animals that we just pulled from you know anywhere in the world that we can find them and be just eating them like that it's not going to end well for us right you know and it's it's very sad to think that somebody's parents or somebody's grandmother is going to be killed from a virus that basically transferred to humans because we want to be destructive with the environment and we just want to dominate nature and eat Anything that it, that we could possibly eat, you know, if we want to eat a tiger, we eat the tiger. If we want to eat an elephant, we eat the elephant. Right. So it is is really destructive, you know, this relationship that we have developed with nature. You know, if you look at the the carbon emissions and, and we look at climate change, it's the same thing. You know, we continue to pump carbon into the air. You know, pump methane into the air because of animal agriculture heats up the earth and we melt the ice and then the scientists say you know well we should stop this because we're melting ice that contains diseases obviously the ice has been um, frozen for thousands of years and if we melt this ice we're going to be faced with diseases that we've never faced before you know and this is what is happening right now you know so I also want to add that, you know, this might seem like a, a, a lot to think about, right, it, it, it might be a lot to deal with, right, in the midst of a pandemic and economic crisis, you don't know what gonna happen with school, you don't know what can happen with the job that you were supposed to do, you don't know what gonna happen with the job that you currently got if you're going to have it in the next two two months, you know, you don't know what gonna happen with your vacation plans that you had for, for later this summer, you don't know what gonna happen with crop over. You know what can happen with, you know, football, right? All these things are are just on pause and are kind of like, you know, just there. And we don't know what is actually going to happen because we're in a very unique situation right now. Humanity has never really faced this exact type of, of crisis, right? So, trust me when I tell you that The world as we know it you know it it may never be the same again after this pandemic and and that's not to be scary or oh the world is gonna end and you know all all this type of existential crisis you know rhetoric that you hear and stuff like that right and to some extent you know everyone has have these fears about you know the world gonna end and you know maybe there's a sign and is it all worth it you know all these things you know will will we'll filter through our heads during a, a time like this, so, I I want stress that people should really prioritize their mental health, and, and really take this time, no bullshit, take this time to just sit with your thoughts, and, and be at peace with yourself, you know, Tr- try to let go of, of, of whatever grudges you may have, or, you know, this body don't let you, or this, that, like, just just try to escape it all and just try to just say to yourself, you understand? And really, you know find who you are, you know. And and you never start finding out more about yourself. That's one thing that I realized in life. So we could just use this time as another time to just relax and kinda find more of ourselves and unlock deeper levels in our mind and, and our thinking and stuff like that. But as a whole separate conversation right <laughs> but you know we can't let this all, all this stuff you know down us and and, and make us you know sink our shoulders and and walk around like you know gloom and doom guy you know because when you get into that mode what i realize is that you don't become productive and then you start to, to become jaded and you could start to look at the world as as just all bad. And you know. It's like. Very cloudy from there. And it, and it's hard to get out of that. Depressive state. You know. Especially when. You ain't really got nothing to look forward to. And especially in, in, in this time. You know. When. There's literally nothing to look forward to. Except for staying home. For the next day. And seeing what gonna happen. With the virus. Right. Um, But. The point that I, I, I try to make here is that we simply cannot continue to operate our global economic system in the way that we do. You know, if if it was not clear before, it's clear now. Capitalism is fundamentally unstable. I don't want to be exaggeration guy, but if we do not change it, if we do not change our economic system, our global economic system the way that we interact with nature, the way that we interact with each other in terms of labor and in terms of um, market economies, right? Capitalism is going to kill us all, right? We cannot continue to operate um, as we do. And I want to read some quotes from Dr. Carnal West, Um He's a philosopher, an uh, American philosopher, one of the coolest guys ever, in my opinion. So I just want to read a quote that he actually posted on his Instagram this morning. I didn't know Carnot West had Instagram, but <laughs> so the quote goes: "A democratic socialist is a radical who is critical of the system." A New Deal liberal works within the system and doesn't want to bring massive critique for structural change. But those who are outside and free, we're going to tell the truth. We're going to be honest. We're going to have moral and spiritual intellectual integrity. And no matter how marginal that makes us, we're not in any way going to become well adjusted to this injustice. That is Cornel West, and I think that is very profound. But, I want you guys to think about capitalism in terms of an exploitative relationship with labor and nature in order to maximize profit. Because that is what makes capitalism distinct from other systems, market-based systems, right? It's nothing new to, to... plant some apples and exchange them for some pineapples that your neighbor grew right that's a market right that's barter now you introduce money to that right and it it makes it different right but capitalism is separate from that all of that a system an economic system a market-based economic system with money and and all, all the different um economic re- relations that humans build these exist without capitalism so that's why I say capitalism is a, is an exploitative relationship with labor right and and nature as well in order to maximize profit that's this is what capitalism makes capitalism different right so capitalist ideology you know it asserts that for someone to own land, they must not simply occupy the land, but they must be putting the land to productive use, right? So if, if I own some land and I'm not doing anything with the land, I'm not making any money with the land, I'm not doing anything. In, in capitalist ideology, I can't claim ownership to that land because I'm not putting it to productive use, Right? So industrial farming, industrial fishing, you know, animal agriculture, it developed due to this capitalist logic, which fundamentally changed our relationship with nature, right? Um and maybe in a later podcast episode I'll go into the specific history of capitalism and how that developed. Um because it, it developed in England. Um specifically in England it didn't develop um anywhere else in the world because of specific social um, and political structures that existed only in england that made capitalism the only place that made england the only place capitalism could develop sorry right but we'll go into history of capitalism and in a later episode maybe right so this is the same logic that was used to remove indigenous peoples from their land um during times of European colonial expansion, right? When they looked at the the native um, Americans, they saw that, you know, they were just occupying the land. and, And because of capitalist ideology, the land was basically free to take because, you know, they're not putting it to productive use. You're not making any money with the land. You're not developing any products that have an exchange value um within a market system you know no such system existed in in um indigenous um culture right so this this is the logic capitalist logic that was used to to remove indigenous peoples from their land and later enslave and and colonize um peoples from african from the african continent and from north america and south america as well right so this is why i say that we we the world as we know it may, may never be the same right because sadly our society's economic system and, and ideology it is literally disturbed nature so much um that nature starts to strike back at us in the form of viruses in the form of climate change right and and when nature starts to do that there's no there's nothing that human beings can do you know mother nature will get its way right there's nothing that we can do to stop a tsunami from enclosing on a city right a a coastal city right there's nothing that we can do to, to stop that right maybe in the future we'll develop some sort of technology that can limit the 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 effects of natural disasters but until then you know we really ought to start thinking about reining back our domination of nature so that it doesn't kill us all right um and and i stress that right because that that is what's happening right this pandemic COVID-19, this could have been avoided if us as human beings valued nature and valued the earth as we should. If we didn't put our economic interests in front of the planet, we would not be in this position, right? It's not to blame the Chinese. That's why I, I said at the beginning, we we shouldn't be racist and xenophobic and bigoted at this time. We don't have to blame the Chinese, right? Because it's not a Chinese problem, right? It's not the Chinese virus, Mr. Donald Trump, right? And I hear that I even had to mention his name on this podcast, but... <laughs> but, you know, global capitalism has created a situation where countries compete for resources, you know, and they will go to war, you know, to influence another country's elections so that they can secure their economic interests right this profit first mentality has created massive poverty and inequity all over the world for the last 300 years those are the facts right capitalism cannot function without exploitative social labor relations a capitalist will only pay his laborers less than what they produce otherwise he will not make a profit right that is the sole reason why say for example nike shoes are made in you know vietnam or indonesia or china even you know because wages in these countries they're extremely low um compared to countries in in the so-called first world or the western world right even here in barbados right we have a minimum wage um that is higher than a lot of places in the world right that's why You don't see a lot of manufacturing companies in Barbados because it literally doesn't make sense for them to come to Barbados and set up manufacturing companies. When you can set up a manufacturing company in East Asia and pay people in India or people in Vietnam cents or a little bit of dollars an hour to produce the products that you then go and sell for massive profit, right? That is whole capitalism works, right, corporations manufacture products wherever cheapest, right, capitalism is driven by one thing and one thing only, that is profit, and that is clear, right, and this is profit at the expense of human life, at the expense of plant life, at the expense of animal life, you know, it's really, really, really disturbing, um, and that's why i say again i'll say it again the world as we know it may never be the same right because look at the the massive economic fallout from this virus you know so many workers are being laid off right now The law severance packages are being prepared right now governments are injecting you know, money into industries to save corporations from going under, to save banks from going under, to save um basically airlines from going under. You know, so but I I, I made that point, right? Because we have to understand that corporations, you know, they work in tandem with governments and international organizations in order to subject subject the majority of us um, to this cruel and inhumane system of global capitalism, right? I could sit here and quote numbers that would... Very disturbing numbers on, on global wealth and income inequality, right? The super wealthy elite own a staggering amount of wealth when compared to the majority of the world population. Right now, many of the super wealthy are... In self isolation, having a jolly good time, you know, as our economy crumbles in real time. The imaginary wealth of the stock market has disappeared, right? Many corporations need taxpayer dollars to keep them from going under. Workers are being sent home, as I said before, you know, and many small businesses will have to close their doors. That is the reality of this situation. This isn't communism that put the world in this situation. This isn't socialism. This is capitalism that has the world under socialism. Uh, um, in this situation, sorry, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so when you go in the stores and the people buy out all the um, well, not not that they buy out. They ain't got no more Lysol. They ain't got no more chicken. They got no more this because well i can only speak as a and barbados we import all of our food so and in many other countries in the world import a lot of their food too so but in barbados we import a lot of our food so what happens if our supply chain um somehow is cut off because of this pandemic you know or the, the 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 farms can't produce enough food for us something like that because of this pandemic you know what what, what will happen to us and and I make that comment not to scare anybody or or to, to 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 you know be one of these people that just oh look look at all these problems right i only say that because we can fix this problem the the problem is global capitalism the problem is that barbados is a quote-unquote third world country and when you look at the the command the power command we are at the bottom right we are at the bottom of this system you know we 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 are one of the poorest countries in the world right we don't have a lot of resources um and we don't have a lot of economic and political power certainly not to the level of china and america and the uk etc right so for us we are going to to struggle with this crisis more than other countries will struggle and other countries like america countries that are rich they are already struggling as i say american companies are gonna go bankrupt small businesses in america will have to close their doors right and that is the richest country in the world but the reason that this happens is because we have created an unequal society right Where very few reap the benefits and all of us reap the losses right and i love this quote from so i say it all the time he says capitalism is socialize the losses privatize the gains right socialize the losses privatize the gains the gains is the profits and the yachts and the the boats and i get to own a sports team and all of this right and the losses is climate change. People losing the jobs. People losing the savings. Right? People can't afford to put food in the pockets. And then add pandemic to the list of losses that society suffers because of capitalism. Right? And I also want to add that we are in the beginning we're we're fairly in the beginning of this pandemic right we're about two two months in it or so if we can add China as well counting when it began in China so we're about two or three months into this and experts are saying that we're still fairly early in this process right so all the people that are spreading conspiracies about oh you know this is just another low virus, and don't end that serious. And the people just trying to scare one another, and one really standing on inside. And da da da. Like that, that's that, that's the type of, of of nonsense, right? That's very dangerous, you know, to our societies. And and all these conspiracy theories and stuff. You know, I addressed we addressed well. We talked about conspiracy theories in in a past episode. But again you see why they're dangerous right i touched on it a little bit in that episode about the coronavirus but now we fast forward a couple of weeks and we're in the middle of a pandemic and people still spreading conspiracy theories so that's why i we can't ignore them and majority of people are taking this pandemic very seriously and and majority of us see that this is very serious and, and we should very, and we should pay attention to this and it's not something that is normal it's not something that we should get used to and it's not something that we should allow to happen again right and as i said before right the world as we know it will change forever and the reason i keep saying that is because this virus has one thing that has also came as a result of this virus is that we're all now seeing the fragilities of capitalism like we're all we're seeing it in real time we're seeing what happens when crisis hits capitalism and we've seen it before you know 2008 as well and you could go back a couple of years to the dot-com crash and you could go back further in time to the Great Depression. But economists are saying this is worse than the Great Depression, right? And we're at the beginning of it. They're talking about there's going to be a wave two of the virus. Um, that's what the scientists in China are saying, that there's going to be a wave two of the virus. And look at how the system is crumbling because the majority of us the, the healthcare workers the people that work at the, the grocery store the people that drive um the delivery the delivery trucks they're talking about the real big delivery trucks that is deliver food and stuff these are the people who keep our society alive right and within capitalism those are the people who are who, who who receive the least amount of profits that come um as a result of capitalism so the people the essential workers right they're treated the worst in this system but the ceos you know and and the cfos and all these people who are investors and, and people who are sitting on boards right now they're sitting at home and the world is still functioning because the actual people who keep the world alive they're out there working right now they're working class people working class people are who keep this society running, not billionaires and millionaires and entertainers and musicians you know although musicians are very important and and don't get me wrong, it's not that these people are bad people, and all oh, the evil or They're not smart, or they're not needed, or they don't contribute anything to society at all. I'm specifically talking about capitalism as a system, as an economic system, right? So, we need to demand an economic system and political system that is fair and equitable, right? The greed, the lies, the violence that is perpetuated by capitalism is simply no longer an option going, going, going into the future right it's no longer option it's going to kill us right we're in the middle of a pandemic i just heard i just saw news about another virus right and obviously we i talked about early in the episode scientists warned about viruses in the future and even in the clip that i played one the um animal activist was saying you know they got taken time bombs all over the world Because we keep eating these wild animals And we keep trading Illegally trading these wild animals Because we want to make money And we want to have a house And a car and a Lamborghini Right But what road are you going to drive it on Right when, when the earthquake come on And, and, and destroy the earth Right the this system is insane right it's insane it's insanity right and we can keep doing the same thing over and over again right we keep doing the same thing over and over again and then wonder why we in crisis and wonder why we in this position you know millions of people have been affected seriously by this uh, uh um this crisis right Lives have been lost already. Sadly more will continue to be lost, you know. And if we don't con- if we don't stop, you know operating the way we operate. I, I I fear greatly um for the continuation of humanity as a species. And I and I don't say that just to be like Again, doom and gloom guy and oh, everything is so serious. It's like, this is what I see and this is where it's heading, right? I want to end this podcast by reading a, a excerpt from an article um, on redflag.org, right? So, this article was written by Daniel Taylor and it's titled, Capitalism is Killing Us, We Have to Destroy It. Lockdowns, recessions, and pandemics frighten and isolate people, but they can also inspire resistance, solidarity, and hatred for the powerful. Residents of Wuhan locked down in their tower blocks, took to their balconies to chant, Add Oil, the slogan of the mass movement in Hong Kong that challenged the Chinese Communist Party. That was, in turn, inspired by the Chileans who had chanting and sung leftist songs from their balconies during the white the right-wing government's silence curfew, intended to curb their protests. Now the singing has spread to lockdown cities in Italy, where already a wave of strikes has broken out among workers furious that their bosses are demanding they carry on work in unsafe conditions. The coming crisis is different from the crisis of 2008. It begins the emergence of mass struggle after neoliberalism had already, already been ideologically shattered by the last recession's aftermath after a a revival of center-left populism had already indicated its limits. And it comes after the rulers of the world have shown their absolute barbarity in their response to the last wave of struggle. Their physical eradication of popular movements in the Middle East, their sadistic destruction of center-left parties that try to play by the rules and work through the electoral process, and their reconciliation with the new fascist-inspired right-wing movements that are increasingly giving official roles in mainstream capitalist policies. The days, weeks and years to come will be unpredictable. Stability and chaos, revolt and calm will surge and flow into one, one another as the system copes with its own crisis and as the working class fights for its own survival. But the world capitalism has proven that it is a system unfit to organize society any longer. So in this coming period, whatever happens, the most important thing anyone can do is to devote themselves to building a revolutionary opposition to the system that has brought us to this point. Thank you very much. My name is Christian Yearwood. I'm your host, of course. This has been another episode that I've been thinking about it. Have a good day. Peace out. Be safe. I want you guys to not panic about this again everyone keeps stressing it that there's no benefit in panicking right what we need to do is to start seriously thinking about what we want our future to look like and what we want our economic and political systems to look and operate like because clearly we cannot continue with the way that we have been going Thank you again. Peace.